0: Honourable members, uh, Honourable members, uh, Deputy Minister, Honourable MECs and HODs, may I request that uh, we, put, we press the button written M-U-T-E, mute, and that can help us to decrease the noise. Uh, um, why do you wait? While we wait for the minister, I noted I noted that a, a significant number of MECs and HODs logged in. Uh, firstly, I would like to introduce and welcome the members of the committee. I noted that Honorable Wilson is here, Honorable Kirwa, Honorable Van Staden, Honorable Fred, Fredericks Hendricks, sorry. Eh, honorable Wahube, Honorable Hasina Ismail, Honorable Sengwa, Honorable Sokacha, eh, Honorable Kela, Honorable Janji, eh, Honorable Sheikh Imam, Honorable Jacobs, Honorable Munyai, Those are the members, I have recorded their presence in this meeting. Uh, Maybe, let me ask, uh, I now know the Deputy Minister is here, if the colleague MEC can actually confirm again their presence here, does the the MEC and his uh, or her HOD.
1: Uh, uh, chair, thank you very much. in the Northern Cape. The, the HOD, Dr. Tate, is also online.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Chair. Please yeah. take. is online. I'm not sure whether the HOD is, is or not. Thank C. you. MST H-
3: Montensio
2: is in. P. MC Mazini
4: Mpumalanga HOD
0: Thank you Pumalanga.
4: I uh come coming uh, chapter MC KZN with the HOD we are both online Thank you KZN Hello this Sanjay and I'm
0: sure the SQ is connected HOD it's it's KZN KZN. KZN. It's page, sure
4: is connected HOD,
5: it's
0: yeah. Thank you. It's empty. OK. Howden? Any how, one from Howden?
6: Is MEC
0: Howden present? HOD going to connect present. now. Present. I'm present. Excellent. Thank OK. Thank you, Howden. Limpopo. Not yet. Deputy Minister, can you then indicate from the department who is there? Uh, Thank you. Well, well, I think uh, let's just ask uh, the management. I know uh, that he was in. uh, Also, Valerie is in. I think those are the two I'm aware of. Can uh, anybody please, please, please. Please. Oh. please introduce yourself?
6: Anybody Not else? I'm going
0: uit- to an analyst at LA. An analyst there also. Yeah. yeah. I'll yes. I'll you forgot. Well, welcome to All well. right. Now it's fine. Welcome to LA. Welcome to LA. Welcome to LA. Some There's also Professor Abdul Karim Slim still present, cough.
3: Yes, I am. Thank you.
0: There's, there was also a, a leader from NICD. I didn't get the name, but NICD is also present. Um, Hi, it's Dr. Was, McCarthy from the, Over. Much, Dr. Ma- Dr. from the NICD. Thank you very
4: much, another And Dr. Maya from the NICD.
0: Thank you very much. And then there was another leader from SAPRA. Yes,
2: Professor, it's Professor Helen Reed from SAPRA and VIT.
0: Welcome, Helen. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, the media has been invited into this uh, uh, conference. For the media is to note uh, what is being discussed Unfortunately, we do not give space to the media to ask questions here in this uh, platform. May I also request that when we start, honorable members, again, a reminder, please press on the mute. We had requested you to forward your pressing questions that the minister should address. Uh, We would like to make it that way to say the the minister, We'll start with what he's briefing us on, together with the questions that you you sent in and then brought them to his attention. He may not be able to exhaust all our questions that I saw. We are grateful. We will probably be, because some of the issues that the minister would like to get a support on, will be from the members, uh, the MECs who are here, and HODs. So rather, we do that spacing we give a space to listening to the briefing uh, mm-hmm. because the entire leadership of the country in health is here uh, may i check again if minister Kiese has logged in
7: another
1: would say i Ms. consent <laughs> with the chief of staff the minister will be joining
0: miss <laughs> renee Yes, we know he's going to be joining. Do you have an idea when?
7: I'm waiting for that, Honorable Chair. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know whether the Deputy Minister would like to start. At least, free to do that. Uh, We we, we have, uh, for what the new Department of Health attended a program where after welcoming and having introduced ourselves as we have done, would like the minister to brief us and give us an update on the progress that we are making as a country on this COVID-19 challenge. Uh, There are certain things that have backed up. Uh, One of them, I understand maybe the reason Professor Abdul Kalim is here, is an issue of St. Augustine Hospital. The other one was an issue that came up strongly last week uh, about the protective clothing, the availability thereof. Um, we also noted that uh, there's been this new program, uh, I mean, a program of uh, uh, testing, firstly screening and testing, maybe getting a, an update on that, how strongly that is coming in on provinces. The deployment of about a thousand health care workers countrywide to do the screening progress thereon and uh, there is a the, 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 the provinces have uh, been updating, but the reports are not the same. There are provinces that are reporting details of per municipality, so many infected. And the other provinces have not been doing that. So we wanted to check if there's be some uniformity on that part. Uh, but then without being exhaustive, let me then leave to the department uh, to yeah. start the briefing to us. Well, uh, uh, Chair, uh, the chairperson. let me just say that it's if, uh, if are rather... That- awkward situation. I hope that the minister is joined because we haven't had the time to exchange notes on on the approach to the meeting. I know that there has been communication with yourself. Uh, there was also a consolidation of reports from provinces uh, for the purpose of also brief- briefing the executive and the president. Um, it would be You know, as you know, the situation is you know, changes every minute, every hour. There's new developments all the time. Um, I'm just hoping, I don't know what whether there's some major difficulty with the ministers joining, uh, because that would actually be uh, the best for him to just set the scene uh, for us to go into the discussion. Uh, I was not. Uh, as I say, we, we haven't had a time to talk, he's been uh, in the case that End Province, um, so it's a bit of an awkward moment if he's not here. Okay. Maybe uh, Ms. Reni can just update us, uh, then we can maybe improvise, which will not be the best uh, if, if, if there's some difficulty. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, the minister is phoning me on the same line I'm on, so I was not able to take his call. I just uh, I just uh, cancelled that call, Renee, because I can't take that call and come out of this one.
7: Honourable Chair, I will lay I will step off the line and call the chief of staff directly, and then I'll I'll connect again.
0: Yeah, just call the minister directly. That I'm not taking his call okay. because we are already here. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
5: Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so, so. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Yes. The, uh, Look. Uh, okay, the, there is. There. There is an option that uh, the NCNG, who has been quite involved in the consolidation of, of provincial report, could maybe give some highlights of the overall situation. But as I'm saying, but, it's not the best. It's not the best of of arrangement. But
8: if if. Uh, we could consider that. Um, I, I could ask the acting DG just to give a high-level summary of, you
0: know, uh, looking at various aspects of of, of this this whole campaign against the coronavirus. So,
5: um,
0: do you want to maybe just see whether in a minute or so, if if there's clearly difficulty with the minister joining, we could get the acting DG just to give an, a high-level. Uh, Uh, comment on on the consolidated report. Look, uh, the absence of a minister should not pose a big problem as as, as we start. Uh, All of you colleagues are capable leaders to do this process. Uh, The invitation of a lot of other uh, experts here is, among other things, to assist us. You could start with the acting DG, but the presence of other leaders here, yeah, the MECs too, might add certain areas. Because, uh, I don't think that uh, Dr. Zolimkiza owns this program alone. All of you have been very busy on the ground doing a lot of work. I've indicated and highlighted uh, issues that we need to be briefed on. These, these are members of parliament who are very close to the process, more than other members of parliament. So the briefing that you have been doing daily, and the update that you are doing as Dr. deputy minister is saying uh, the, ch- the situation changes every day we would not hold against the minister for delaying to come in here but all of you are capable leaders to help us to do that maybe the acting tg may start MEC may add whatever that has been em- emphasized please let's start yeah uh, <clears throat> there is actually as i said there's a consolidated report let me ask the- the acting DG to look at various aspects because we try to also as the MECs will be aware uh, we try to fine-tune the kind of a, a template of reporting which I think the acting DG could touch on each aspect briefly maybe over the next 10 minutes. Uh, Anban uh,
6: are you are you able to do that? Um, yes TM the one the one of, I, I um, your call has been yesterday.
9: placed on can hold can... please wait
6: I put together for the minister. Uh, I can maybe talk very briefly. Your call has that. been placed uh, on hold. Um,
9: please wait. Okay, yeah, please do because that. Uh,
6: just, just look at the various
0: aspects. You know, in terms of the, the things which were. Your
9: call to, has to, been placed on hold. If you
0: could, if you please could just wait. In every aspect, just touch a bit uh, briefly on
6: on that report. Yes.
9: Your call has been placed okay, on hold. Thanks. Please wait.
6: Thanks, everyone. So, um, so, so I think it's important to. So maybe at a, at a global level, your call level, has been that, uh, on hold. Please wait. The, the spread of is, uh, uh, is continuing globally. Um,
9: your call has unabated.
6: been um, and, and 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 this appears to be uh, across all regions. Whether we're looking at European regions, the Americas, uh, Western Pacific, Eastern Pacific, South America, etc. So I think it's it's clearly. Uh, um, uh, a uh, pandemic across the world and, it, and the numbers are increasing on a day-by-day basis. Uh, back at home, I think it's uh, important to say that the cases are also increasing. The, the rate of increase, however, has declined uh, since we, we started the, yeah, the the lockdown measures together with the other measures around the ban on, on flights uh, and the closing of borders, etc., we saw a significant decrease. You know, we were we were increasing. We were initially until the 21st of March, we were we were having like 30, 40 cases a day, and then on the, uh, from about the 23rd of March, that jumped to about 150, with as high as 225 cases. But since we started implementing the lockdown, though, that fall has been fairly significant and fairly quickly as well. So by the 29th of March, we started going back to numbers of between 30 and, uh, you know, 40 uh, cases a day. We're currently hovering around uh, 90 cases plus minus uh, every day. Um, in terms of the types of uh, the the distribution, um, the the cases are predominantly in the age group from 20 to 60. Uh, is, is the is the is the largest group, and uh, as as for the general global picture as well, more fee- uh, uh, more uh, uh, males are affected than females. However, in some categories, it seems that there are more females than males. Uh, in terms of, uh, of the provinces that are affected, I think it's well known that uh, the province that's most affected is Hautein, Western Cape, and then Kozulu-Natal and the three states. The other provinces all have cases albeit much at a much lower level. Um, if you were to look at our uh, trajectory in terms of the number of cases compared to the to the, to the global experience around this, uh, most countries have had an experience where once they started having increasing cases, it went exponential, and uh, it's only with very drastic measures such as. Uh, that was implemented in China uh, uh, as well as Korea, for example, where the, the graph started flattening off. Ours appears to be starting to flatten off around uh, the 2000 mark. Uh, you can see that the rate of, uh, of increase is slowing down. Uh, we're hoping that that will continue and the lockdown measures are, are taking effect as we break the, uh, the mode of transmission <laughs> in health um, in terms of our uh, uh, contact tracing, uh, naturally the number of contact faces that we have on the ground is uh, 2,600. Uh, we've identified 9,547 contacts that have been identified. Of that, we've been able to reach 8,341. We still have to reach 831 contacts. Here we're using the legislation that we have uh, now available to us with the telecommunications companies in order to uh, to access uh, the whereabouts and location of these 8, 822 people. Um, we're monitoring these contacts, 8341 8, contacts being monitored. Um, the number of contacts that are positive at this stage 154. Uh, and the number of contacts that have completed 14 days of monitoring is 1,347. So many of them are cycling out of the. Uh, the, the, the uh... <clears throat> uh,
0: Dr. Anban?
8: Dr. Zomusak?
0: Yeah, is that the minister? September.
8: That's correct. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. When you when you logged in, Doctor Anban disappeared.
8: No, I was in when he started presenting. So um, I don't know what happened. I've okay. been struggling to get through, but uh, I'm back now. And uh, I just okay. want to clear one thing quickly. Uh, we we have. <clears> Hi, <throat> I was cut we, off. We have, yeah. If Dr. Anpan is back, uh, we can continue. There, there's been a period of amendment which I detected on, uh, detected on the slide. And so I'm not
6: sure. if you got these slides already? Because they're more in the portfolio committee. No, uh, Minister, we didn't circulate the slides. I'm just uh, doing a verbal
8: presentation. Okay. Uh, as, soon as, as soon as you got the slides circulated we we'll put a few amendments on the slide and the order, so we, we will come in at some point. I think it's, for now you could proceed. I'll just check on that, and then I will, I will indicate. Okay,
0: Minister. Okay. Um, thank you. Okay. Thank you very I'll, much. Because it's presentation. Okay. Thank you very much, and welcome, Minister. We were not aware you logged in already. Thanks.
8: Thank okay. you very much. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry I got delayed, but uh, I'm now in
0: okay thank you very much uh, it's all emissaries are here to uh and they are HODs. Uh, we also had the leadership from nicd from sapa and professor abdul karim slim
5: <laughs>
8: <laughs> i think someone must mute themselves so that we don't hear the background stories there could we ask we'll everyone have, to yes. mute all them? Of
0: them. Mm, yeah. If you are not Pro- talking, please mute yourself. <coughs> proceed, Dr. Anpan. Let's all mute ourselves okay. now. Thank
6: you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, in terms of hospitalizations, we haven't seen the kind of hospitalizations that uh, uh, have been projected in many of the other countries as yet. The numbers are still fairly low in terms of the number of hospitalised patients uh, across all provinces. um, And and, uh, it it appears that uh, the the infection is not as widespread as one would anticipate at this stage. uh, If we look at the hospitalisation as an indicator of uh, the extent. This is also reflected in the ICU beds, both uh, public and private, the isolation numbers, the high-care numbers, or those on ventilators, those are oxygen as well, it appears that across the country, uh, they're low across all provinces from what one, one would potentially anticipate. In terms of uh, community screening and testing, uh, the number of screening teams that we have out there is 1,308. Um, on average, there are about nine people per team. That, is, that does vary across the team. Um These teams. Team members are are deployed across all nine provinces. Um, In terms of the total number of uh, team members, we have about 31,000 people in total. Uh, The total number of people that have been screened is 119,000. And uh, those that have been then referred on for for testing, the PCR test is 1,501. Of those, the number that was positive is 29. Would suggest that the numbers are still very low in terms of uh, the, uh, as the extent to which there are positive cases that we're that we're potentially not getting into the system. If I if I go to the uh, sorry, just one second. Uh, if, if I talk about the, the the interventions that that we need to implement in terms of uh, uh, this COVID modeling, I think it's important to appreciate that. The, the key strategies are to isolate uh, household quarantine, closing of you know, uh, schools and universities and uh, social distancing itself, uh, and a combination of all of these are the most effective in flattening the curve. The purpose of flattening the curve is to reduce the demand on the health system at any point in time, and that, that would have an effect on uh, how the health system will be able to deal with that. The, the, the researchers had done some work around when they anticipate that this uh, uh, surge would happen, as we're seeing in many countries where the health system is just overwhelmed uh, with patients. And the initial model suggested that if we did nothing and just allowed the, the current situation to continue, that around the middle of July, we would then have a situation where there will be a massive surge in the number of patients. However, we've implemented a three-week lockdown now, the 21 days, and that has lowered the curve, meaning that the the extent to which the number of cases that we now have has reduced significantly. Um, And now we've also introduced an additional uh, extension of two weeks. And this two-week extension will uh, will, uh,
10: uh,
6: push the curve out even further so around September, uh, from the model that we've seen thus far, suggesting that the surge would be around then. The, the curve is still quite high in terms of uh, the number of cases relative to the capacity of the health system. So we have to do a number of things to reduce that. It's also worth noting that uh, the, the, the spread of the infection across the country is not equal. The, the provinces, as I said, that have the greatest burden Uh, Pauteng, the Western Cape, and the Free State, consequently have the the greatest surge at the point when the surge would occur. And so these provinces need particular support in order for them to be able to respond effectively to the surge itself. In terms of of, uh, bed requirements, if we look at the peak on ICU beds, at the lower end, we're looking at about 4,000 beds at the upper end, we're looking at 14,000 beds. So we would need to plan for that at, at the lower end, at least for the peak. And then if you're looking at hospital beds, we'd need about 25,000 at the lower end and 17,000 at the higher end. This, this doesn't include the beds that we currently have, so we'd obviously have to uh, uh, reduce this by the numbers that we currently have available. We've also done some modeling around what the daily spot estimate is of ICU beds and hospital beds as well to get a sense about how many beds should we have in place. In terms of facility readiness, both uh, beds and ventilators across each province, we've done some, some work around trying to uh, uh, um, estimate what the need would be, how many ventilators would potentially be required and how many beds and get a sense about that. Um, in addition to that, the quarantine and testing stations by by province have been identified. The total planned quarantine sites were about 1,644. The, the numbers that have been currently activated is twenty-one. These, these sites are currently active. The others are, are planned. So if we need them, we can then activate them. The total number of beds that are available are 7,346.
9: Uh, like 10 it, minutes ago. It, Yes, the total then, number of
6: people in quarantine currently are 609, and of those, about 14 are still quite low. We've also I looked at the mortuary time. capacity. Uh, so I think there's somebody think, on the call who's speaking. Can you please mute yourself? Just like oh. from that, because so, I, I am part of the actual meeting. Um, Shelly's there.
11: I don't know, I think I saw you but then you went out to ensure so participants... On the, on the issue
6: about mortuary, we've assessed um, the mortuary capacity across no provinces and identified the need relative to the capacity. In terms of uh, uh, field hospitals mm. to respond to the additional bed capacity, work has been done on this, and particularly the provinces that have the highest burden, which is uh, uh, the uh, the Western Cape, and uh, uh, KZN, as well as the Free State, Sites have been identified, and uh, some work has already started to put up field hospitals. Some of this would be in uh, in conjunction with the South African military, and others is where we converting uh, convention centres and stadia into, into field hospitals that will be able to deal with uh, those cases that wouldn't require ICU care. Uh, in terms of uh, human resources, we've also identified we have a stream in place that would identify the human resource needs, uh, bring on board all the capacity that would exist, both public and private. The IT system that we have in place is also able to allocate human resources based on needs and burden of disease. Uh, We've also asked for retired health professionals to to volunteer, and we've had uh, quite an overwhelming response in that regard as well, Um, and, and as well as... The request for, for support, uh, uh, Cuba is also planning to send health professionals to support us. So I think there are other countries that uh, would respond to that. In terms of uh, uh, provincial capacity, we've mapped out what currently exists in provinces and where we potentially need to augment that at the point of when we're surging. The NHLS has developed a mobile testing laboratories that uh, would be able to take samples and then. Uh, link up with the with the the uh, teams that are going door to door and make sure that the turnaround around these tests are much quicker, so we're able to be, get a better understanding of uh, um, the the actual community spread of this infection. We've also, in addition to that, introduced uh, uh, rapid test kits, or we're planning to introduce them. Uh, these the, these are the rapid kits which measure the IgM and IgG. Um, they, they're not as accurate as PCR. Uh, the advantage of them is that they give you a result in 10 to 20 minutes. It's a finger prick, uh, can be done quite quickly. can be used as a as a screening mechanism, which would allow us then to to, to take some action in those cases as we uh, de- uh, expand our PCR. One of the big challenges around PCR is that there's, globally there's a demand for the test kits, as all countries are doing the same testing, and so. the the security of supply around these kits is fairly limited. Coming to the PPE, um, we have a detailed breakdown of PPE by province. Uh, And uh, at this stage, all of the provinces have sufficient PPE. Obviously, the stocks are very low. Uh, And A number of uh, flights have come in with PPE, which uh, which are coming by air cargo. Um, Some came in, uh, I think, yesterday. And... Others are coming in uh, over the weekend and Monday, et cetera. Uh, the intention is to obviously increase the capacity of the PPE, particularly our masks and gloves. And I think by the end of next week, we should be in a much better space as the quantity of PPE that we have ordered comes in. The big problem with the PPE was that we were relying largely on local suppliers. These suppliers, the majority of them, uh, have very limited capacity to produce. The rest import... They were unable to import stock in simply because flights had stopped them, and so they were highly reliant on uh, on air freight to get the stock in. Uh, we've also into, um, geo-mapped all of the, uh, the information. Those are the positive cases, as well as the door-to-door screening. So we're able to see heat maps of where the highest concentration of cases are, uh, which would help us then to isolate those cases and those areas in, in any future measures around lockdown, et cetera, which would then l- limit the spread of those infections to, to other areas. Um, there, were, there were a number of uh, heat maps that I had in the slides, which I, which I wouldn't uh, present now because uh, um, I, I, I don't have an opportunity to, to display them, but I think they can be circulated. I'll stop at that point, Minister. Yes, thanks, Minister. You
0: can proceed, Minister, thank you for that. Uh, among other things that the minister will touch on will be uh, what we saw you doing today, also looking into the issue of KZ and in particular, Augustine Hospital. Uh, thank
8: you very much. If I may just beg your indulgence, could you just ask uh, uh, Professor uh, Abdul Karim to just come in briefly on the issue of the uh, impacts of the lockdown and the possible trend that we are taking. Uh, this is in addition to what uh, doctor Afghan has made. and also touch on the issue of uh, specific containment measures that we need to be dealing with moving forward. Dr. Abdul Karim is the chairperson of the ministerial advisory committee. So they've looked at a number of these issues and uh, part of what we uh, have uh, comes from the that. They deal with that briefly. I'll then come in on the issue of center questions and the meetings with the private uh, hospitals, uh, private sector, as well as unions. If it's possible, uh, I would like that we bring him in now for a couple of minutes.
3: Thank you, Minister. Through you, uh, Dr. Clomo. Um I uh, sent through three slides to the Minister and to the Chief of Staff. I don't know if you have them, but I'll just speak to the issue. Even if uh, if you don't have them, that's fine. So if we look at can,
4: can I just quickly get an email address so that I can send the slides?
0: Uh, please, I think uh, that's
8: uh, Dr. Aldama, I think let's proceed with the, with the presentation. We'll sort out the slides uh, as we go, so, but we don't have to wait for them for now.
3: Agreed. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So uh, uh, I'll take just about uh, three or four minutes. We look at the global situation. We have now, at a global level, exceeded one and a half million uh, infections. And if we look at the trajectory at a global level, it is a sharp exponential increase. In other words, if we look at the line, it just shows a rapid rise in the number of new cases almost on a daily basis. If we look at the epidemic curve of all of the individual countries, whether it's the US, or Spain, or Italy, or France, or the UK, All of these countries have an initial slow start and then once the virus has been able to take hold and community transmission occurs, we see this rapid exponential increase. With that rapid exponential increase, they tend to get into the tens of thousands of cases within a matter of two to three weeks. So within a matter of, you know, just 20 days or uh, uh, 25 days, most of these countries go from 100 cases to around 50,000 cases. And that just illustrates the, the rapidity with which infections occur. So the question that the minister asked me to address, so... What is our situation? And if we look at the epidemic curve for South Africa, it's quite different in that we initially, in our first, up to the time we got to about a 1,000 cases or so, we were following the same exponential increase that we were seeing in other countries. And if you look at our line, that, trajectory line, it coincides very much with the line you see in the UK, Italy, and Spain, and even the US. But that only is true up to around the the point of around two weeks ago. So around the date of the lockdown, the epidemic trajectory has changed, and the number of cases has what we call flatlined. In other words, there's a similar number of cases every day. It's not pushing up the curve in the same kind of way. And the reason that we're seeing this kind of flatlining is that the exponential growth in the number of cases that we saw initially is no longer occurring. So there's some questions as to why, because there's almost no other country that reach this kind of situation where you get to just over a thousand cases and it then starts tapering off. All of the other countries, it just simply keeps going up and up and up and up. And that's part of the reason because you have this rapid increase in cases that you have so many people walking into the hospitals requiring care and the hospitals just get overwhelmed. But we're not seeing that. And so the question that needs to be asked is why not? So there's many explanations that could explain it. One of them is we're not testing enough, and that certainly could be a contributor. The other is that maybe we are testing enough, but we're not testing the right people. That's also a possibility. And the third is that, is this a real effect? And there are many ways of looking at the data But in short, as this flat line occurred, there was a steady increase in the last two weeks in the number of tests that were being done in the NHLS. Now the private sector has always been doing most of the testing, but the NHLS has been steadily increasing its testing over the last two weeks to the point now where they're doing just over a thousand tests a day on average. So it's probably, not entirely due to uh, not enough testing in terms of being skewed we see some of that effect and that comes largely from the private sector initially the private sector was key to identifying cases because they were among travelers many of whom had medical aid but now we see that the, the the fall off is that we are skewing it a bit in the private sector probably towards worried well and so we're not seeing as many cases even though the testing numbers uh, remain pretty high. So it's unlikely to be entirely due to uh, lack of testing. It's unlikely to be due entirely to skewed testing. And they, it seems that there has to be some contribution to the nature of the interventions that have been undertaken. The extent to which those interventions contribute to this is difficult to quantify at this point. But if... If I look at a range of other pieces of data, principally around our mortality, then without going into too much of detail, I think we can be reasonably confident that a significant part of this flattening out of the curve is a result of interventions that were put in place quite a while back. And that's... That refers to the first set of interventions that were were implemented, closing the schools, reducing gatherings to below below 100, uh, stopping the travel, and so on. The effects of the lockdown will now be seen in the next few days. And the reason for that is that when we look at cases, cases tell us about infections about two weeks ago. Let me explain that. When somebody gets infected with the coronavirus, it takes about seven to 10 days for them to develop symptoms. They then have to go to a doctor. The doctor then has to take a swab uh, or the nurse and the swab then has to be tested in the laboratory. All of that takes about two weeks. So when we say we had you know, 79 cases today, That actually means that those 79 infections occurred on average about two weeks ago. So cases tell you about the epidemic from two weeks ago. And I think that when we look at this, if the lockdown has had the effect, which I think we're going to see, this line that we see, the number of cases would start steadily going down now. Uh, and that should be the net effect of our lockdown, plus the measures we implemented for the lockdown. I'll stop there, Minister. <coughs>
8: thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Jomol, if I may just proceed. Uh, <coughs> just proceed, to minister. Um, Thank you very much. <coughs> the first issue to talk about is the issue of... Uh, the Santa Augustine's Hospital in this hospital <clears throat> we have had uh, to, uh, to issue directive that the hospital be closed. This arises from the patient the first patient we picked up here about two or three weeks ago was uh, a patient who came from a uh, uh, old uh, an old age home. We were worried and then we got the whole um no old age home tested they only found the roommate only was positive but as it turned out while she was in hospital after having been there for a couple of times uh, we then lost one patient on covid nineteen on covid nineteen and a lady was forty eight year old forty six year old uh, that uh, uh, suspected asthma a teacher. And then we were concerned about this, (laughs) subsequently... Subsequently, we have had uh, about six deaths in the hospital. And therefore, when the uh, matter was looked at, we felt it was important to test the the nursing staff, uh, the the professional uh, team, and the staff in the hospital. And on the tests that were done a few days ago, They had done close to 300 people. They found about 66 people had been positive. Uh, 48 of them were nurses, uh, so they were professionals and staff. And then uh, about 15 were patients, uh, already included amongst those 15 were the six that had died. And then uh, there were others were transferred to other hospitals. It became very clear to us that we needed uh, to test more of their staff And therefore, uh, the total of about 2,500 to 3,000 members of staff are being tested as we speak. But the long and short of it is that uh, this is a hospital that has shown a huge amount of infection. The preliminary uh, investigation suggested that there was a patient zero who was suspected but uh, who never got into the mixing with the rest of the other patients. And there's a suspicion that uh, uh, professionals uh, who are looking after this particular patient could have actually carried the infection amongst themselves and to the other patients. So the real issue now is that uh, that hospital is being closed, and we've only left a small portion thereof, which has got uh, a a detached unit, which uh, has uh, about 58 patients, initially there were 80, and then the rest of the hospital is being communicated. They're not taking any new patients. We've communicated this across all the uh, leadership of the hospital and the, the group that is running the hospital. But what we believe is important is to get a proper investigation to find out how did you end up with such a breach on uh, infection control protocols that you end up with so many staff members being infected. There are even indications to suggest that in the public sector there may be uh, says, uh, professionals who are working there who are now positive, but we're actually leading to uh, moonlighting sessions in this particular hospital. So uh, as a result of that, uh, we're also following a few other hospitals where there are queries that uh, people have raised uh, from the public and from some of the unions So we're going to be looking at the hospital in Parkland. Uh, We're going to look at the hospital in uh, uh, Hibiscus, the hospital in Shifa, and uh, one other, I've forgotten the name, Uh, just to check what's happening. And I've recommended that uh, we should do sample testing of uh, staff just to be able to sense uh, what uh, the spillover might be. So we will talk about this as we move on. And I think all of us can see Uh, the brand of the uh, uh, COVID-19 infections are actually in the private sector, less so in the public sector. Now, we had a meeting today with a number of uh, private hospital players. This includes some of the group, uh, CEOs of the big uh, hospital uh, groups, as well as the hospital association, which was also represented. And uh, of the issues we discussed was basically the fact that uh, they have to follow strictly the uh, infection control protocols uh, that have been issued by NICB, and to make sure that uh, they must also be ready to uh, be inspected by the uh, government whenever there are queries raised and that they have to comply uh, with whatever the government uh, is saying at that point this closure uh, is one uh, is one of, uh, we already did closure in Mpumalanga, which has now been up- uplifted already because the section was fumigated. It also arose in a situation where a doctor had visited abroad, came back, was found to be positive after interacting with a large number of staff in the mm-hmm. hospital. So it looks like we've got almost a, situa- a situation of that nature in the center customs. So we've therefore explained also to the uh, private sector that there is a role of the district office in managing this and even recommending closure of hospitals that no one can actually resist that, that uh, they need to treat themselves as members of the same health team that public sector is already part of so that there's no problem of uh, cooperation. <clears throat> in addition, we've also said that we recommend that there will be discussions amongst the, uh, at the provincial level just going to be able to uh, look at the inventory of beds available, but that at a national level, we would want to ensure that uh, the uh, discussions uh, are overarching, looking at the conditions under which we'll take use of private beds, and when there are new conditions to impose or also when we have to determine the prices. The spirit was cooperative, and everyone we expect to be able to comply and abide by the situation as it unfolds. So, We believe, therefore, that we'll continue working well with the private sector. At the same time, our role as a regulator is well understood, and therefore uh, I want to hold that issue at that point and then move on to deal with another issue. Uh, We've also got a work stream in the minister meets with the um, private sector who are in the uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, distribution and uh, supply of uh, medical devices of various sorts, and this team has created their own uh, work streams wherein they look at the availability of certain materials, some commodities which are necessary for health, particularly PPEs, pharmaceutical products, and uh, 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 diagnostic kits, etc. In this case, they are are looking at the stocks available because of the Uh, Disaster Management Act, we've actually uplifted the restriction uh, which uh, um, uh, discourages uh, companies from looking at their resources and and, and comparing prices. So we now hold everybody together into one meeting, and therefore we have got the ability to have a dashboard that looks at the availability of the stocks across the whole country. this assists us now so that we are able to mobilize what the government requires by actually moving the stocks from private into public or from the manufacturers to the public and also trying to make sure there's distribution so that everybody is able to have access to the stocks. As a result of that, <clears throat> we've also got the Solidarity Fund and the initiatives of uh, philanthropic uh, organizations who have been able to come together and intervene when we needed to augment our stocks. So on Tuesday, for example, we took receipt of some of the uh, PPEs, uh, which uh, are already uh, in the market, but because the government uh, procurement system might be longer, they've stepped in in the process. In the cause of all of this, We have now got an arrangement through the relationship with China and India to be able to source some of the stock. So all of that means that we've got currently the stock that's being delivered and what we've got should be able to last us for the next six to eight weeks depending on the pressure on the patients. But at the same time, there will also be new orders placed so that we can look at sustainability beyond the second to third and fourth month, as it were. So we're working on that. Prices have skyrocketed. The supplies have dwindled. And uh, some of the countries are basically blocking any manufacturer from selling to outsiders because their demands are also very high. But we are managing this, and we've got a lot of support from China. In particular, we've also got support from India as well. Can I leave that part and then move to, well, let me just say that we've also identified certain areas where we need to focus, for example, issue of ventilators. There's a test team that's working on that to try and, and, and buy as much as we can get. And then the other one is about certain pharmaceutical products that are, in, are going to be necessary for us to be able to maintain a good health for South Africans, that is even unrelated to uh, the co- uh, COVID-19 situation by just antiretrovirals and some of the chronic diseases, etc. So all of these <clears throat> are, <clears throat> are part of the cooperative work that we do with the private sector. Uh, and then the last uh, one is that we had the meeting with the trade unions. There were two meetings we held. The first meeting we had with the e- uh, e- uh, MECs, heads of departments, together with the Minister of Labour, Minister of uh, Trade and Industry...
9: Your and call has been community. placed on hold. Please...
8: So, hello. Am I still audible?
0: Yes, Minister. Yes, yeah, yeah, Minister.
8: audible. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, in the process, uh, we we were then able to discuss with them and uh, the following day we had another meeting this involved how p s a etc and this was because uh, there was a court case uh, uh, before, uh which was in court where uh, and how had taken government to court on the basis of the issue of protection as we look at our inventory, we believe that at the moment we have adequate stock. Uh, what we have to ensure now is uh, equitable distribution across every uh, facility. This allows us now space to say district managers, district offices must look at the stock and make sure that there's adequate stock in the district but can be moved from one area so that areas of need can be covered. And uh, in the discussion that we'll with the unions, we agreed that uh, no worker will be forced to do work in a risky area for which they are neither trained nor properly protected. But you then said that everyone needs to make sure that we have, a, we have a, 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 um, understanding of the protocols of use of protective clothing, so that people who might be in less risky areas should not demand what is actually reserved for people who are in isolation world where the infection is highly concentrated. So all of that we have agreed about. Then we've also agreed to strengthen the occupational and health safety committees so that they are able to deal with the issues of safety uh, of workers and discuss them at local uh, level, as well as at the provincial, and as well as at national level. We're going to therefore work together and cooperate in this regard to make sure that ultimately uh, we can resolve issues of uh, uh, fear of exposure to the infection. What we ultimately identified is there's a lot of uh, tension and anxiety amongst our staff. And that's why they behave uh, that way in some cases, they said uh, it was not uh, ill discipline or lack of cooperation, but rather the fear that uh, made some of the people react in the way that they responded. So we will be addressing that issue. But uh, at the moment, uh, we are satisfied that uh, there is Adequate provision, so we're calling on all our managers to be able to look at the uh, distribution so that uh, we are able to cover all the people with the necessary PPEs, as it were. Uh, whilst we are looking at that issue, uh, we must also indicate that uh, the case in court uh, was how uh, we had called on the court to call on minister to uh, meet them and so on. But uh, we had actually had already some engagements with Mm Nehau. And in the process, some of those engagements that indicated that they rather let the court case proceed. But later on, uh, they wanted to withdraw the case in court. And uh, after uh, consideration, the judge decided to hear through the whole um, matter in court. And then uh, ultimately... Uh, looked at our response
5: <coughs>
8: and dismissed the case of how with costs. So on the first day when they uh, uh, wanted to, this, to uh, postpone the matter in court, the court then said it will be postponed, but then they must uh, cover the cost of the uh, Ministry of Health. Uh, and then the following day, the same order was issued that the court, the court dismissed them. But what we think is important is that you need to work very closely because some of the staff may be uh, uh, worried, but then they not discuss it with their management, but rather with their union. So we need a close working relationship to make sure the staff remains protected throughout the whole fight against the COVID-19. If I may just reiterate the point that's been made by the the as well as the, um, as well as the, uh, uh, the Professor Abdul Karim, we believe that uh, there's been a, an impact on this rate of spread of the infection because of the we have basically literally uh, cut off the uh, peak that would have been uh, associated with the imported uh, cases. It's not going to happen anymore until we open the borders again. So that's a huge achievement from where we sit. The second aspect is that the uh, internal spread would have also started rising pretty rapidly but we frustrated that by ensuring that we stop all the uh, major movements in trains in car in in, in Texas uh, through the lockdown and buses but also by stopping me, uh, large gatherings of uh, meetings churches good friday uh, free music festival football matches and all of that these together Make sure that super spreaders don't come into one space and spread uh, infection onto many people. We do have a situation in Plimfontein where uh, five people were part of a church experience and uh, suddenly they are the major driver of the infection in that area. At the moment, the numbers in the priesting are largely due to people who came from the one church experience. We've now seen that the uh, that spread has gone to Northern Cape, to Eswatini, Gauteng, and Northwest, and therefore we know that uh, uh, you can actually have that uh, incident uh, uh, becoming the major driver of the of the infections.
5: Uh,
8: uh, Chaperson, I think we could take some of the questions. We tried to go through the entire list that you provided. I think we have really responded to almost all the issues that you have raised. Um, the, the one point which uh, we didn't go into too much details about is relates to the tests. Uh, right now we're doing PCR tests and uh, the capacity that we have allows us to be able to do a minimum of 5,000 per month. With the mobile tests uh, having been rolled out and more uh, capacity on the equipment, we will be able to get to a point of being able to do 30,000 tests per day uh, currently on stock uh, between what has been applied a couple of days ago, we should have uh,
4: uh,
8: capacity for uh, almost 600,000 tests, which covers us for the next couple of weeks. So we think that uh, uh, in terms of our contact tracing, in terms of our uh, screening of communities and, and uh, active testing, those will help us to be able to discover more new cases. We're also advising our communi- our uh, uh, provinces to start creating fever or flu clinics on the side which will divert people who might be having respiratory symptoms to be treated in an area where they're treated as suspicious of COVID so that isolation will be possible. And we will do that as we go into the winter so that uh, they can then divert them to some of the field beds and make sure that we sequestrate those who might be positive from the general hospital so that there's no new infection. This is the experience of Wuhan that we have seen. So we believe, therefore, that uh, a lot of work will be done. The question of masks has also come on board. The uh, ministerial advisory committee has uh, has said to, to encourage everyone to use masks, and therefore they can also use cloth masks so that Those can be used by community and that uh, the surgical masks and the N95, the FFP2, uh, FFP1 and all of those uh, categories, surgical masks and so on, should be left for specialist care where uh, high-intensity treatment is happening. And that way we'll be able to conserve the mega resources and then allow people to use protective clothing, uh, protective masks, because the research that have done uh, that has been done has proven that uh, the exhaled air of people with covid 19 infection basically contains very minimal or no viral uh, presence if someone is wearing a mask so there is evidence that the mask will actually protect anyone from those who have got uh, infection if they are wearing the mask these would be the things that we have to encourage now when we get to uh, lifting the, lock- the lockdown uh, and sanitation, masks for communities, distances, and then we continue with the testing on the side, mass screening, picking up symptoms, rounding up contacts, and targeting uh, uh, red zones or uh, um, uh, vulnerable areas where in a township or in an informal settlement we spot someone who's positive or we spot someone who's a contact those uh, we need to continue with at the end of the day the only protection we will all have is either if you've been infected and developed immunity or we get the vaccine uh, uh, administered now that uh, the process of that has not started except in UK uh, UK U- UK US China and Australia and when the time comes we might then be uh, uh, also uh, involved in this, and we believe that participation in that uh, vaccine is important, in the vaccine trial is important. At the moment, we will participate on some of the current uh, therapeutic trials because we need something to intervene when people are critically ill uh, using the world experience. So at this point, uh, we haven't got too many people in, uh, in our hospitals, and we believe that uh, we could then be charging a uh, different uh, path different to the countries that have actually been inundated with huge numbers of patients right now, and probably uh, if we are able to all work together, begin to show a slow transmission curve that will uh, allow us to be able to manage this. We're worried about winter, where there's going to be an explosion. We're worried about the uh, lifting of the lockdown, where there might be also another rebound explosion. So these are the things we're looking out to. At this point, I I would like to just hold it there. And thank you very much to the Portfolio Committee. MECs are here, and the HOT, so they can answer questions directly. Ministerial Advisory Committee members are here. CD is here. NHLS is here. So we will all be able to answer the questions. Thank you very much, uh, Jefferson. No, Uh,
0: thank you very much, Minister we agreed with the members that uh, it may just be very difficult for us to round uh, the whole uh, conference with questions we so we send those that you have talked to which were very critical for our for us we we hope uh, that uh, maybe in a fort, in a fortnight's time we might have another meeting of this nature and as the we deputy minister was saying things change every day and every moment but uh, I think we would have believed you. But by bringing in an epidemiologist in the caliber of Professor Abdul Karim Slim and explaining that curve has assisted us a great deal. We really commend. We are uh, actually thanking the MECs. when we want to encourage MECs to continue also in the way that we have done to provide uh, explanations and support this program in our various provinces. because. The issue is about dealing with the anxiety and the panic amongst our people. And if we are there on the ground, it helps us a great deal, as you explained, continuously. We want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we would probably not be able to open up more for questions. It was also um, under the instruction of the House Chair, who actually said that, Dr. Jom, we are pushing this meeting on a holiday. Please limit it to an hour. And I have to respect just that. And uh, we might have to, in a fortnight's time, minister, after also receiving these uh, uh, slides, I'm already on page 7, writing my own notes from your presentations. So we might have to do it in another fortnight's time. And I'm sorry, honorable members, if we are not able to do any questioning now. But we agree that it may just be a bit challenging to start this process now. We were right. We will, were happy with the input and the presentations. And I want to hear if there is any objection to hold it at that for now.
11: Chairperson. Okay.
3: Yes, Philip. Chairperson, uh, um, may I ask that when we, uh, I know the minister is very busy and, and he's doing a good job in what he's doing, but may I ask when that we, the, the next meeting you suggested be happening. As soon as possible, then maybe next week, early next week, if it's possible.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure, uh, Philip, whether we can't delay it to later in the week. If we have it early next week, Easter Monday, we'll not be hearing, we'll not be getting much Tuesday. Why don't we agree to say we'll work on that, but towards the end of the week, if we need to, not very early in the week?
3: That's fine of me, too. I'm happy.
2: Chairperson
9: Lindy
3: Chairperson. Wilson.
2: Chairperson.
0: Okay, let me move to Wilson Lindy? first. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thank you, Chairperson. If I may just say, while we're on the line with the Minister um, and to the GG and all the staff who've been working tirelessly um, as a result of the pandemic, um, I think we really owe the Minister a huge thanks. Thanks. Sure. I know that he and his team have been working unbelievably hard and fierce, fierce hours and I am sure they are absolutely exhausted. Uh, Minister, I want to thank you and I'm sure that the commission will agree with me um, that you are constantly in our thoughts and our prayers um, that we pray that you are given strength on a daily basis to continue doing what you are doing under under fairly hectic circumstances. Um, and I want to thank you sincerely for everything you have done today. Just two questions, Minister, and they don't have to be responded to today. The first one is obviously the bad news at Palofani Hospital, um, where we now seeing a spread amongst the doctors there, and I believe the hospital may be vacated. And lastly, Minister from my side, if we can just please, if we were somebody within in the department, you can please send us a list and contact details for all the current quarantine sites. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Minister.
9: thanks thanks mm-hmm. chair um I just just before perhaps we we close the meeting the, I've just got two questions. The one is a request and the other one is a question. The one request is um whether it is possible um and this is directed to the minister and the acting d g whether it is possible to perhaps um have a consistent reporting of the stats, so for instance, if you know, we decide that, that you know, every single day at 12 o'clock we will receive stats. Whether or not they are a complete reflection of the cases for the previous day, I think it helps with the consistency. It helps with quelling panic. Um, so that instead of having, you know, sometimes we have the stats coming in in the morning, sometimes in the evening, sometimes late at night. And so is it possible to have a specified time for the stats to come in from the minister on a daily basis? And then the other question, is this related to um, the effects of the lockdown, which we are we are meant to be seeing um, quite soon as per the minister or the acting DG. But um, what I just wanted to perhaps find out in, in the minister's closing is what, what kind of capacity building or what kind of interventions are going to be pushed for from the health side for the next three weeks of lockdown? Because obviously the lockdown is not a sustainable uh, strategy to contain the pandemic. So what I think, what are we going to be doing in the next three weeks to make sure that when there is a lifting, whether it's a soft lift or whether it's an abrupt lifting, that we can actually mitigate the spread of the virus going forward?
0: May I request the Honourable that, Kouakouba that detailed response before that to... Uh, the secretary, and we can get it on WhatsApp tonight or early in the morning.
4: Chair, okay.
0: Yes, Yanji.
4: Uh, good evening, uh, everyone. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. I just want to echo the, the, the sentiment echoed by my, my colleagues of thanking the minister and the team low aid of the provinces for the work, wonderful work they've done. Just a concern, maybe the minister would respond uh, later to, to this, the concern about the moonlighters at St. Augustine, the ones that would have been working in our facilities, whether it is it, it, the process of getting them so that they should, should they be some who are in already carrying the virus, they should not spread it to our facilities.
2: Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Chirua. We'll
0: also get a response. Yes, we'll get a response on that minister reaching down to us, whether you are tracing those who are moonlighting and what are we doing about it. Thank you. Cheperson.
10: Thank you, Cheperson. Minister, shout out to you and your team for the work you've been doing um i just have like clarity seeking questions um, but the other ones i'll send them there will be written questions to the minister i want to know in particular about um information and communication systems because i feel like that's where we have a huge backlog which might which is actually affecting the reporting and communication information dissemination that should be happening on time and i want to know what the strategy is of the department in Strengthening the information operational systems in the for 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 the whole period of the lockdown, ne? And also the quarantine sites that uh, that are being utilized by the department. If we can have a list of that, that'd be great. And lastly, with the private sector, uh, um, I want to know the jurisdiction of the department in regulating the private sector beyond just. Um, the meeting that we had with them, um, and the concerns they have raised by the health workers with PPE and all of that, because I've been getting a lot of complaints, in particular from cleaners, both in the public and the private sector, um, that they don't get protected, um, the PPE whole thing. Uh, and what, the, what then happens in cases like that, where it's not necessarily health workers, but cleaners who are affected. Um, and who are not covered by the trade unions that you were speaking to and all of that and also last time uh, I think it was very early on this is the last one very early on and the minister was speaking about the public sector or the department strengthening the private sector in terms of doing lab tests in regards to the coronavirus thing Um, and now we know that well about a week ago of the 40k tests that were done they were done 6,000 were done in the public sector. Um, how far are we in strengthening our laboratory services in terms of conducting more tests? Because I feel like we are putting the burden of deciphering what is happening in the country in the private sector, which not many people have access to. Um, so I want to know what is the number that has been tested in the public sector so far and how we plan on strengthening. Uh, testing uh, within the public sector beyond screening. Thank you so much, Chairperson.
0: Uh, any other member share. of the committee?
7: Chairperson,
0: has it been
7: Ismail? Yes. May I go ahead? Okay, let me you? just
0: check. Uh, hold on, hold on. It will be Ismail and Jacobs. Any other member would like to say something? I'm,
4: I'm, 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 I'm,
0: I'm, uh, I'm Samwa. Mam Sengwa, anyone? Three, okay. Shaking In that mom. order, it's my hey,
4: what about Sokacha? Thank you. What sir? about so
0: culture? Hey, hey? what about what about I, so I don't know about so kacha. I don't know about so Have so you so indicated you want to say something?
12: Yes, yes. I did all of them. I'm just not, not so... press my mute,
0: uh, but I've been pressing all the time so <laughs>
13: Okay.
0: Okay. okay okay can you please hold the okay you. let's go let's get. hold on ismail not too long you, followed you. by okay. hold on hold on in that order followed by jacobs and uh, yes. the third one will be Hendrix, the third one will be Hendrickson. the fourth one okay. will be Sheikh imam Sheikh imam is number 4 Number five is so and the last one is Gela.
7: I, 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 I've, I've
0: been raising my voice.
7: What about?
0: I missed you, Mamshengwa. You're you coming in before Sokacha. No, yes, sorry. I, I,
12: I, I've, I've, I've been it. shouting earlier. Who's that
0: no, one okay? now? It's Mr. Munyai. Who's that one?
12: Oh, I didn't hear
0: you. Then you, the last one. Okay.
7: The last one. Okay. May I go ahead? Thank you. Yes, um, you start. Minister, thank you for your presentation. Really appreciate it and your good work. Firstly, um, I just want you to comment on the uh, on the manner that uh, the department is getting in all the steps of uh, the screening and testing. that were done. It's a bit worrisome when we cannot get uh, reaching down to the relevant regions. I'm just wondering. Usually, we usually have a universal app that our hospital clinics use for updates on uh, on TV and HIV and everything else. Can we not rather use a universal app where each hospital clinic or lab? can update so that we can have it at once given on uh, a grid so we can pick up immediately, you know, exactly the amount of tests, that's one. Two is, uh, we welcome the mobile testing labs. I just want to know more or less where are these situations. And thirdly, the TV is, um we know that you are importing and uh, we also encouraging, uh, you know, manufacturing from within South Africa. I'm just worried since the lockdown. lockdown um, uh, our manufacturers uh, uh allowed to get uh, the necessary SABS-approved uh, uh, material to be able to make uh, or manufacture more PPEs. Because I've had some queries from those that are that are, you know, interested or already in, in the in the in the market for for making PPEs, and they they are challenging that they can't get materials because of the lockdown shutdown. Thank you. That's all from me.
0: I hope that members are aware that the minister is not going to answer all these questions now. Uh, we just
11: want to tag them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, let's start by thanking the president and cabinet and his entire team, and then the minister and his team, and the acting DJ and his team. And we've all been <coughs> observing this and realized what a good, great job they've been doing in the past uh, few weeks. My, I have a question with regards the presentation of Professor Karim. We saying that we see infections two weeks later, or when we test the tests, which we uh refined really as positive would have been infected two weeks earlier, we now two weeks into the lockdown, so we should be seeing a further flattening of the curve. Uh, us being now two weeks in the lockdown. And if we do not see that kind of uh, flattening. I would like to ask the minister whether we are prepared with additional hospitals or temporary buildings or what other measures are there in place should we see the curve actually arise or not flattening as we are actually hoping for it to happen. And my second thought is is on uh, the food parcels. Now, I've been working in uh, my province. When assisting our vulnerable people with food parcels, and we're having a serious challenge with Sasa and with the Department of Social Development, when I ask the minister to assist there. We see water having been taken to uh, certain areas, but there is a real challenge with unlocking food supplies to the poor people. Thank you.
5: Yeah,
0: So honourable members, please. The only person who's going to have a cell. The phone on the one talking. The rest of us, let's put them on mute, please. The next one.
6: Uh,
5: uh, so Kata, uh, uh, yeah. No is down right. the okay, line.
13: It's
5: Hendricks.
0: Hendricks now. Hendricks now. Honorable Hendricks. Uh, Okay, let's keep him. Let's go to Mam Sengwa.
13: Sheikh Imam. Can Sakasa come
0: in? Sheikh Imam, come through.
13: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Chair and uh, Minister. Allow me to come in your department, yourself, and the role that you are playing and the way you're handling this crisis and this pandemic we got in the country. Uh, My one concern is, and I know that you spoke about St. Augustine and a few hospitals, particularly with the moonlighting. My concern is the patients that were transferred from there to different hospitals and what mechanism or process you have put in place to test them at the different hospitals to ensure that there's not an increase of those infections or no transmission from this hospital to that. And secondly, also R.K. Khan Hospital had a positive case who's now been transferred to Gray's Hospital. But the patient has been there for a few days. Uh, And if you can just at some stage give us a report on that, whether there's been any infection as a result of that. Then the other challenge is home-based care. There is no provision for these people to go out there and and, and treat and care for these people because there's no permanent thing. So, I'd like you, Minister, to look at that when you're making some amendments to your regulation. And finally, with the shortage of masks in the country, should we not allow the small scale manufacturers in the informal sector with small businesses and CMT factories, if we can just relax some of those regulations so more masks can be produced at a cheaper price so that it will be available to the, to the public to try and prevent any further transmission? I'll stop there. Thank you very much. Honorable Sokacha.
0: Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, let me first thank yourself and thank the Minister uh, for this program. Both of you, I like your approach as people who believe in science. The team of the Minister, and you have made us also as the members of the Portfolio Committee to believe in science. My question, Chair, is around recoveries. I've been looking, you have made us also as people who must believe in science. As I've been looking at the number of people who have been affected in South Africa, the number increases. And I've been looking at the number of recoveries. That's where my concern is. The people who recover. I'm interested in that number. And also, I'm also interested in that number that recovers. How many of them are rejoining the circle? There's now information that says people who have been affected the, the disease can this and other things. I'm very much interested in that. But I really want to thank you, Chair, and the Minister. We are very privileged in South Africa. We have people like you who believe in science. Thank you very much. Thanks, Honorable Zucata, for your comments. Honorable Gela. Not clever. Thank
4: mm-hmm. you, Chair.
0: Your turn came, you. Ma'am Klingwa. You were not there. We'll come back to you again.
1: Uh, thank you very much, yeah. Chair. Let me also uh, join the other colleagues by taking this opportunity to thank the Minister and also MEC and yourself, Chair, uh, for availing yourself for today. Really, uh, we are happy about the report. And my questions were answered by the Minister and also by the acting D D G regarding the issue of PPE. But my other question, Chair, is the issue of food parcels that were raised by uh, Honorable Jacobs, and the issue of temporal uh, shelter for homeless. Currently, I know that um, there is work that is being done; food is being distributed uh, in other areas, which we really appreciate uh, the measures that the government is doing for our community. But also che in other areas there are rural areas that need also to have a water tank because in their areas there are no water. So if it can be looked at to that thing so that at least they also get water so that they can be safe. The last one, Chair, I just want to really take this opportunity to thank the minister and his team for a good work. Today I just saw on the news that um, there will be also a dose, uh, mask that will be uh, provided when he was encouraging that people must also uh, do those uh, uh, masks for themselves, which is a good thing. We really appreciate the work and also the concern uh, from uh, PSA regarding the unsafety of workers in KZN, which I'm happy that they met with the union and address and agreed uh, on moving forward that we are going to work together to make sure that um, we, we we defeat this pandemic. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Mamshem, we are
0: back to you. We skipped you because I called and I didn't hear the response.
7: Thank you. I'm sorry, Chair. Let me welcome the presentation that was done by the minister. That is. The minister was working almost daily. Thank you, minister, for your work you have done for the country. Mine is true. May I have a clarity? That was a clarity on this uh, deployment of 1,000 people (laughs) to the the clarity of the moonlight staff. I thank you.
0: Have I left yeah. out any member who'd like to get yeah, now? Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, you are the last one, Munyai. Hold, hold on, Munyai. Is, is 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 Honorable Hendrix back? Not there. So can I confirm that uh, Honourable Munya is the last one? Yes. Okay, sir. Munyai, go for go for it. Sure. You
12: know, I'm, I'm very disciplined. I'm not going to ask questions as you suggested. But fundamentally, it's important that uh, since the global outbreak of the novel coronavirus, which really brought the unintended consequences to humankind, and we've seen our country team, South Africa, being very active. And I know, uh, Minister, I would do injustice if I don't thank even my MEC. Dr. Bandle Masuku, which is the epicenter of how they, who I've seen side by side with yourself doing his work. But the point I take forward, Honourable Minister, Dr. Zulim Kiz, is the following. One, I think in part of the regulation, it needs to be declared that those that are caring, that know deliberately that they're infected, and carrying this to churches like priesthood and other areas, they should be declared a major carrier. They should be not different from a person that are committing murder. And I think if that's done, because that will be very much important in my view, because it can be accepted that even those international guests that came to 3C, whom they knew that possibly they could have been infected, then they must be found in who they are, because they've been the, the consequence of the spread at some degree. And I think I agree with the report that indicates the global perspective by Dr. Karim. As we have noticed, that 1.6 million infections has been uh, uh, more than, in fact, 1.5 million today are infected. And 90,000 deaths. So I think, really, having seen the, uh, the, the, the measures and containment South Africa tried to take forward, I think really we should appreciate even the extra days to be able to to see what could be the possible outcome given the intervention that the ministry and the team collective is undertaking. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson.
0: Yeah, thank you very much to all Honourable Members. Back to you, Minister, and your team. Uh, maybe you could just prioritize those questions that you think like the issue of Honourable Chirua and the one of, peop- of uh, Professor Kar- Professor Karim Abdul Slim, and whichever other ones, uh, probably another 15 uh, minutes, and then we then round up. Thanks.
8: <clears throat> Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. Uh, because of the time constraints, I will touch the questions. I won't open up for my colleagues to come in. But let me say that uh, we have all the MECs you have all the HOTS, you have representatives from the NICD, the Laboratory Services, NHLS, the Ministerial Advisory Committee, and, of course, <clears throat> advisors, uh, Deputy Minister, all of us are here. When you send us messages of support and appreciation, of course, I'm the spokesperson for a huge team of professionals, starting with the leaders who are here, to the professionals on the ground, as well as my colleagues in cabinet, because all of what we project is always work that comes from all of these teams, that we have been able to cooperate, that we have been able to work together, shows the level of commitment of all South Africans. And I want to say we are very encouraged by you as members of parliament, earlier on, uh, earlier on, uh, we had uh, political party leaders. They were able to show exactly that the way to go is to actually remove all politics in this matter, work together, and all of us must do our very best to save our nation. And therefore, all the work that's been done, is collectively done by all the people who are part of this whole team. And I want to say thank you to you for the comments, but I'm glad you are saying it because the, uh, to the team here, they know they are the ones who do the work. And everybody knows there are days when we don't sleep. And if there's work to be done, you don't talk about sleeping hours. You don't talk about working hours. Everybody knows we work, to and work and call and talk throughout the day and night. So this team is your team that's done all the work. So I want to say thank you very much. I will then run quickly through some of the issues so that you can clear those that can actually be cleared.
0: Yeah, sorry, Gangani Minister. Uh, if you can put all our phones on uh, on mute, so that even that colleague who's sneezing very strongly can sneeze without coming into this um, uh, conference. There's a very strong sneeze.
4: But it's sneezing while they're on the conference call. Yeah.
0: Continue, Minister. Thank you.
8: Okay. They're not all muted. Still, uh, I think sometimes it's difficult to know where to mute. So, uh, but I'll continue. <clears throat> Honorable members, Honorable Kwahuwe, we have tried to put all the uh, results at the same time. There's a lot of data cleaning that tends to delay the situation. There's a lot of reconciliation corrections uh, that have to be done. Uh, particularly as we increase increasing the numbers, we find that... Uh, some information is incomplete that makes it difficult to release this yeah, at the same I mean. time. Yeah, honorable members, members,
5: please,
7: please
0: honorable members, members please, please, please if there's a pressure to speak,
7: please,
4: go outside please, and,
0: leave and leave your phone. I
4: suggest
12: that the minister uh, will, the minister can respond. Because members are not disciplined with the muting.
8: I can tell whose voice I can hear at the background. Please, colleagues, please mute. Otherwise, your voice is your identity. We will call your name just now. Yes. Yeah. So Yes, you. We can tell it's you. Now, so the, the issue then is we're working on uh, concretizing the data integration system that will allow a lot of the information to be available online. Then we will be live and we'll be able to release information as it comes. Right now we have to do a cutoff of 12 o'clock and then clean up the information. So that's where the inconsistency comes from. The other issue was the strategy on the lockdown. Effectively, the, we've raised the issues all. Firstly, the issue of containment relates to masks by everyone. And that's why we're promoting the uh, cloth mask, which people can manufacture for themselves. They don't need to buy them. And they also need to, there can be small businesses involved. So it's a a community effort now. Everyone must go out there and do something to prevent the spread. So that's we'll deal with that. The issue of hand sanitation, the issue of distances between people, those issues are now going to be part of our culture. That's one sort. The second group of issues is to create a barrier, particularly when the winter days come, where we can triage people and keep on the side. People are coming with respiratory tract infections and and symptoms so that they don't contaminate the rest of the hospital. So all of that is going to be something that's part of our strategy going forward. The other issue relates to uh, creating more beds, filled beds, Every province has got plans of how they're going to create additional beds, field beds. In fact, we are estimating that there will probably be uh, close to three, probably close to 4,000 uh, field beds that will be created across the country. Uh, some of the big centers have already identified this, and the processes of uh, uh, putting this up have been, uh, have been started. So it uh, is a very clear strategy at that, that level. We'll obviously have to monitor how... We can deal with uh, uh, large traffic areas <clears throat> beyond masks. What is it that you can do to screen them? I think that that's, that's the part that you have to uh, uh, separate a uh, uh, time so that we can reduce uh, 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 symptoms on the uh, overcrowded crowded trains and so on. So, that those issues, <clears throat> uh, uh, let me just leave them at that. The quarantine sites, it's going to be a bit tricky to give and list of the quarantine sites so much because the quarantine sites don't operate independently of the district or the provincial government. Provincial government identifies the site, manages it, and then gets the people who need to go there, <clears throat> then they identify. So they will not run on their own. Uh, but if the members would like to visit those sites, I would suggest that then uh, uh, <clears throat> we can get our team, the emissaries. Give us a sense so that uh, this may be uh, may be available. Just that for us, what's important is that those sites must be uh, managed on the basis that there are people will come in. After 14 days, they must leave and so on. So um, <clears throat> they, are, they would be run, maybe might be hotels, yeah. it might be hotels, uh, it might be schools, it might be other things. So uh, we, we will need to get clarity as to exactly what we want to do at that level. Regulation of the private sector. We actually have got authority to regulate. Licenses are done by government, and at some point uh, we have indicated that we are going to uh, hold, handle this at a national level and uh, invoke the delegation to the provinces until this process is over so that we can ensure consistency. But when it comes to inspections and monitoring of the uh, infection controls and management of the COVID-19, we have a right to step in anytime. No one can question that and then we have got an obligation to make sure we oversee. So there's no difficulty at that level. The PPEs have spoken about this. We can share with members details of how, what amounts of PPEs are available in every hospital. It's difficult to discuss the issue from the point of view of anxiety because people complain about PPE. In fact, some of them are complaining on a matter where they don't really need that much PPE. They have got it but they think that they also qualify for the same PPE that is used in the uh, uh, highly infected isolation ward. So it's a matter of information that we're going to work on here. If there are any further questions, we'll deal with it. I didn't understand the question about Pulugwane. I hope it can be clarified so I can follow it up properly. The stuff that is moonlighting, we will be testing the stuff and we'll actually try to see which way they move and where we see that they're actually are causing cross-contamination across hospitals, we're going to actually put them aside. In any case, those staff members that are already uh, infected are out in quarantine, they're working neither in the public or the private, they will go out of, of the next days. The patients who have most have been transferred, are all going to be tested because, as I said in my report, from the 1st of March, all those patients must be checked so that we can see if they are positive or not. <clears throat> We are working on that so they will not escape our attention. We've made a call, I've spoken to the CEO of NetCare to say, I want to see that they actually call these people. They've assured me they've issued out all the notices to call these people back, so we're going to monitor and do the problem. Communication system, I've explained the issue of the data that's causing the delay. It's not more the inability to keep the time, it's more the time it takes to clear the, uh, the problems. There have been a few times when uh, we had to issue results, having had to do quite a lot of reconciliation. Sometimes you find that what we issue out, the MECs now know that it's not necessarily the same because of this uh, uh, lag of time as well as the fact that we have to reconcile. So this is something that will be corrected once our system is up and running and we are not far from that. The, the private laboratories are actually testing on demand because people can be uh, can uh, have to pay for that but uh, insofar as the public health sector is concerned we've actually increased our capacity to every uh, province and we've also put up additional mobile vans to augment that capacity and we are looking at additional other uh, equipment to be able to do that so we are quite comfortable that the public sector is actually capable of doing the, of matching the demand for the tests that we are going to be doing. I think it's important to say <clears throat> that South Africa has to keep a close watch into the researches that are going on in the world. As we speak, we will be participating in the trials that relate to what they call the solidarity trial, where uh, we are looking at various therapeutic agents, That could be recommended for dealing with the COVID-19. We've got a team of uh, led by uh, Professor Helen Rees, a team of about 30 scientists in South Africa, and 10 universities and research institutions that are going to be participating in that. We do need to participate in the vaccine trials. They are not here yet. They will come in the next few months. But at the moment, the phase one is being done by UK, US, Australia, and China. But the the narrative in the media needs to be corrected. No way can we manage to get uh, uh, immunity against COVID-19 unless we either get infected by the virus and survive it, or we get a vaccine. So we need to actually be very close to the vaccine process. South Africa has got technical capacity to do that. So we need to encourage everyone that we do support the vaccine trials was all the world are going to be participating. But those who will not participate won't even be in the first line to receive the vaccine uh, when, uh, when that vaccine is, is now available. So that here creates a problem of vulnerability. The testing uh, site, <clears throat> we will ask the uh, provinces to be able to just indicate where the test is taking place it's obviously going, okay, going to move from area to area, but then we uh, will ask them to, do, to deal with it like that. Manufacturers of the PPEs uh, who can't get supplies, well, uh, they need to work together with the rest of the private sector because we are able to collectively approach uh, China and other countries, South Korea, for the kinds of uh, supplies that we need, but they need to be part of the p- public sector uh, team, the uh, private sector team. Uh, Stavros uh, Nikolai is the one person that uh, can be conducted and they can work with them like that. What uh, Professor Smith was talking about was that uh, you get today whatever you see of the people attending positive today. That means they were not infected today. That means they were infected possibly about two weeks ago because you get infected and there's incubation period and then uh, you develop symptoms and then you get to the doctor and get tested. That period means that by the time we find out you are infected, it's a number of days long after you've been infected. That's what uh, Professor Abdul Karim is talking about. And is therefore saying uh, what we see on the graph goes back to some of the uh, restrictions that were put in place. But for the lockdown, there may be still more uh, results that we might be able to see. Maybe they will be visible. Maybe they will be diluted by the proactive testing that we will be doing. But nevertheless, the issue is there is already an impact, and we believe that lockdown will show at some point or another that there was an impact on uh, flattening the curve. But what if we do not flatten the curve? We already are ready. Part of our containment strategy going forward we are going to be putting up additional tests.
0: We're going
8: to be directing people to the hospital so that there can be flu or fever clinics on the side where people can test them. So we're going to need to hold that for a while until you can see that the wave of infection is reducing. So we are ready in the event that we get another peak. We want to fight that peak. It was the first peak we've dealt with. The second peak was delaying. The third peak will come with the in- in- infections. Uh, during winter uh, we want to defeat that then after that there's going to be an endemic COVID virus that we're going to have to deal with we must defeat that one as well so that we are able to say well at any one time the infection levels are are less than what we need to overwhelm our hospitals so we are ready for that the issue of food parcels we will raise that with Sasa. The RK-CAN patient, we <clears throat> will refer that to the MEC to look at the condition of the patient. The home-based care, uh, all the people on the ground that we need to work with, we will actually activate. At the moment, we have got uh, 57,000 uh, um, uh, community worker <clears throat> workers on the ground, and we will then look at what other categories need to be looked at. My colleagues will take into account those comments. Much for small businesses, <clears throat> that There's space now for that. Then people can do the mask as long as they can try and do a three-ply mask and then uh, make sure that uh, they, they, they keep it uh, clean and they, they wash them and so on. Then that will encourage. recoveries. <clears throat> uh, 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 honorable so culture. Right now we have announced 410 people who have recovered. Uh, it takes a while because you need to have about 14 days before you can actually declare someone as everything recovered. <clears throat> so that's why we were slow. Everywhere, <clears throat> excuse me, everywhere the recoveries tend to trail behind. Then they slowly catch up. Right now, we're put 410 of them. Then, uh, there is no risk of reinfection, fortunately. This virus has not shown that it is mutating since December to date. So all those who are infected have now got immunity. <clears throat> And uh, after a few are infected, we we'll all wish we had been infected and recovered, because that's the only way you can have immunity that it won't come back to you again. So there is no risk on those people. Then uh, <clears throat> the issue of, of concern about safety by unions, we have actually said that uh, we will work with them now, we'll work with management to make sure we pick up those issues, no member of our staff must be left unprotected, everyone must have the kind of protection of the same level that they require because of their of their uh, exposure, and that uh, will make sure we provide as much support for for our staff to be given the PPE that they require, there shouldn't be any problem at that level. The point about deployment uh, of uh, caregivers, I think that uh, when we release this test, we will be able to see how we've deployed them. But uh, we've got uh, enough uh, people to do tracing. We've got enough people to go out and do screening. And so those numbers will show uh, when we give you the, the report. Then uh, deliberate infections, which is actually true. We've charged uh, several people with uh, uh, attempted murder. When they are told to go and quarantine yourself and they break the quarantine, we charge them. There will be the first case of charging. them. Uh, was in Lunatal, uh, in uh, Lady Smith. Another one was done by the MEC of uh, Northwest, where the, so somebody absconded and went into The Another one was done by the MEC of Limpopo, where the person moved from Alex and went all the way to, uh, uh, to uh, Pulukwane, Limpopo. So when that happened, we actually deal with them. The other point that we also deal with That there are people who want to profit because of the crisis. Those people, we report them so that they even stand the risk of uh, their license trading, licensing, and So already GTI is working on that, Competition Commission is working on that. So we are wanting to force everyone to speak to pre crisis uh, prices except for the currency uh, exchange rate that has changed. We really want to fight those things. At this moment, though, we are seeing a lot of high prices, and we are trying to fight that situation. All in all, I want to get back to saying thank you, thank you, members of the Portfolio Committee, on behalf of all my colleagues who are here online, and the entire workforce at health, and all the public and private uh, role players in the health sector We are working... Uh, together well as a team and therefore whenever we we hear us saying something out there, you must know. It has been processed, it has been implemented by all the people who are here. I want to thank my colleagues, the MECs, the the Deputy Minister, uh, the Ministerial Advisory Committee, NICD, the Top Management and NGOs (coughs) and uh, NHLS. All of you colleagues I want to say thank you but for you, members of the Portfolio Committee, thank you for giving us the chance to discuss this matter. We will be ready next week to discuss with you. But uh, we want to say your support all the time. We get your messages. We get uh, your calls. And sometimes we don't answer them. But uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I really want to thank you. I know it's all been, it's been long. But thank you, uh, Dr. Domo, and the entire team uh, that has organized this. We are really very grateful. Thank you.
0: Minister, on that also, we want, to say, we want to say unanimously, you have heard for yourself members of the National Assembly Committee on Health, thanking you and the team that you linked, all those colleagues that you have mentioned from the Deputy Minister, MEPs, HODs, NICD, the Ministerial Advisory Committee, SAPRA, NHLS, we thank you very much for the work that you have done but we would still ask you to to continue with the work that is telling because we are actually in the right direction. The the words of Professor Abdul Karim Slim make us to relax and say we are in a different uh, curve than the rest of the world. But thank you very much. Yes, we will communicate with you as to when we may meet again next week in this session. Honorable members, thank you very much for participation. Thank you, MSCs, thank you, HODs, and all our staff in Parliament for setting up this platform. Thank you very much. Good evening to all of you.